Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Scott Richmond and Arnie Sherman. You're listening to What Do You Know on News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. Arnie, good morning. Today we have some special programming. As many of our listeners know, uh, John Engen, long-term mayor of Missoula, died on August 15th. And we were lucky enough over the past uh, six years or so to have him on our show many times as a guest. And we're going to use the next couple of weeks to share with our listeners again the comments, thoughts, and uh, life of uh, John Engen. Welcome to What Do You Know on KGVO. We are honored to have his honor here on our show this morning. Mayor John Angan, welcome. Thank you. The honor is all mine. Welcome to KGVO. You know, John, you've been mayor here, as you know, for 10 years. The most popular elected official in the state. I think the last time you had somebody run against you, you got 66% of the vote. So we want to know a little bit about how this happened how you got through your life to this point. This is like, do you remember that, that Ralph Edwards show, This Is Your Life? I do indeed. Well, yeah. we're going to try to make this a, a sort of a replica of that, a mini radio version of this is, this is Your Life. Fair enough. So let me lay the rules of engagement for this show. Done. We're like Fight Club. There aren't any rules. Okay, so, but in, in fairness, since we're a station of journalistic integrity and higher moral purpose, and we're kind of the media compass for the community, we're not going to ask you about certain things. We're not going to ask you about the Montana water, Carlisle saga. I won't ask you about your you know, bariatric surgery in which you've lost 120 pounds or so. Although I am sort of disappointed, frankly, that we now have half a mayor. I voted for a whole mayor. And we kind of have a half a mayor now, and I'm, I'm jealous. I'm jealous and, and angry at the same time. So that's sort of the rules, and we want to make sure you agreed with how we're going to the premise of moving forward. As, okay? I, as I tell my staff, I'll sign anything. Good. What the hell is going on with Montana Water? <laughs> I mean, what, what happened there? Well, just give us give us this, the scoop on that. All right. So, so for purposes of clarity, it's Mountain Water Company, right. which is uh, has been a uh, subsidiary of a California company called Park Water Company, which has been a subsidiary of a fund called Carlisle Infrastructure Partners, which right. is a subsidiary of Carlisle Group. Um, we have been engaged in um in uh, pursuit of owning a mountain water company now for uh, quite some time. Um, we are, I hope, nearing the end of a legal battle um, that will allow us on behalf of the citizens of the city of Missoula to own that uh, precious utility. Um, there have been what I describe as uh, shenanigans. I have been um, fairly... That's a good word, shenanigans. Uh, I've been fairly vocal about it um, t- today. 
today. Um, today, the, the company is uh, is allegedly owned by um, by another investment fund that Out operates Canada. utilities, Out right? Canada. Yeah. Out so, Canada. so Algonquin is um, the parent company. They operate a U.S. subsidiary called Liberty Utilities, um, and Liberty says they own. Can we Mount chart Water this on today? the wall because it's already confusing? Oh, oh believe me, it requires a it requires a floor flow chart, um, and frankly, it's required a, a quite a number of uh, attorneys. Fortunately, we have uh, very good ones. Um, we believe that um, we believe that the other side has uh, misstepped, um, and that based on our <clears throat> previous. Um, court rulings where where we need to be and we're going to own a water company well that's good you know as i recall there was a time where we thought this was going to all be done by 2013 but the shenanigans as you put it has kind of let put roadblocks in the whole process hasn't right. it? yeah when you know and what carlisle had said fairly early on is that they intended to defend this lawsuit vigorously mm-hmm. um and that uh, that uh, i think is translated into to time and money um but um this is not about me or the city council um it is about uh, the future of Missoula, and we are the single uh, mm-hmm. municipality in the state that uh, does not own and operate its own water utility. Right, it's not as if this is some uncommon it's, phenomenon. It's, it's, it's very across the state, across the across state. the country. Yeah, and so I'm, you know, and and you know, I'm not interested in scare tactics. This is just a fundamental utility that makes sense in the in the public realm. Um, but you can see places where. Um, where there are problems with water around right. the country, and um, Missoula does not need to be one of those places, and water does not need to be a commodity, and there is no reason for any of us to believe that um, over time, with changes in laws, regulation, and as water becomes ever more precious, that a private company would be much more inclined to commoditize that precious resource right. and sell it than a municipality would, and that is fundamental. What Tell me tell- me i'm new to town fairly new to town when did the saga start when did this whole initiative start with water so i was originally uh, i originally began conversations with robert dove of the carlisle group about purchasing mountain water as part of a larger transaction that mm-hmm. carlisle was involved in uh in 2010 so carlisle bought uh, bought mountain water um and its sister companies in california from a guy named sam wheeler uh, who had operated them for decades um and uh that transaction action um, was uh, consummated in 2011 and Mm -hmm. we began frankly our support for that sale was predicated on my conversation with Mr. Dove um, that allowed us to um, purchase the system from Carlisle they were they were interested in California and they still are interested in California and I believe that Liberty is most interested in California as well because there is a lot of money to be made in the California water market. Hmm. Who have been the toughest critics of this plan? Uh, you know, it's been a mixed bag, um, and and I don't expect folks um, to to blindly. Um, uh, uh, 
follow me in every direction. So what we have tried to do over the course really of the last four years is educate educate people as to why uh, municipal ownership makes more sense. Um, Judge Karen Townsend, in her decision granting the preliminary order of condemnation, um, really lays out a great case for why it makes sense for the sure. city to own this <clears throat> facility. Um, uh, you know, occupational hazard of being mayor of any place is there are critics. Um, occupational hazard of being mayor of Missoula is um, you might have more <laughs> in some cases, sure. depending on the day. Um, but, you know, that's part of my job. And I I was hired to make change and I was hired to lead. Um, and I have a job application that I fill out every four years. And right. if I'm not the person, then I get sent packing. Right. And so far, most popular. I mean, every other politician in the state would kill to have 66 percent. I know. Voter approval. So I want to move on to something else. Weight. Yep. Fat. Yeah. The final frontier. Right. <laughs> I have had, as many people have, struggles with weight my whole life. And I remember very vividly one time when I went on this exercise uh, program, whole bunch of us guys threw in a thousand bucks a piece. So we thought we really needed to have some skin in the game, literally. And we went on a six week crash course. Right. And I got down to, you know, I'm six foot tall. I got down to about 222 pounds. And I thought that was pretty damn good. I was wearing a 44 suit. You know, I was feeling good. I worked my butt off for six weeks. And I'll never forget, I went to see a doctor to get a physical. And he was dictating it to his dictaphone. He says, I have a six foot male in here who's obese. You know, and I had just gotten down to the lowest weight that I had been in so long. And I'm trying to get down there again. So you just have, uh, you know, had bariatric surgery three months ago. And how's that going for you? I can tell by looking at you, you're svelte, you're in prime fighting weight, you're looking good. Well, tell me what the experience uh, has been like. By the way, you can see a picture of him on our blog at newstalkkgvo.com. Okay, so right? he's looking, yeah, you know, he's he looking looks great. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're very kind. You also have a low standard. And I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I have generally... Um, I have generally declined uh, to spend much time talking about this um, for a number of reasons, um, but I'm happy to talk today about it a little bit. One is one of the reasons is that um, it is sort of my personal struggle, and what I don't, I, I never want people to be under the impression that someone who is obese, in my case, morbidly obese, is somehow not capable of doing their job or is somehow um, is less of a person, right? right? I, I don't, I... I yeah, some people would view it as a weakness because you can't keep your weight under control. Right. But as we know, it's um, the number one New yeah. Year's resolution by everyone every but, single year. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a disease. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, other, it's like addiction of some sort. Right. It's a disease. It's like you with kosher hot dogs. It's like me with kosher hot dogs. Yeah. Or chauffeur salami. Yeah. But it might not. But isn't that, I mean, it is what that is. So, what it is. So I can tell you that I began, I, I began to struggle with my weight when I was about 12 years old. I am now 51 years old. Uh, I lost my first hundred pounds when I was 19. Uh, I probably lost, well, I, I, I gained all of that back. Uh, during my 20s and 
more and lost it again and gained it back and more and lost it again. And I, I did the math one day and I, I believe that most likely in my adult life, um, I have lost and gained about a thousand pounds. Um, at my heaviest <clears throat> this time around, I, I just had a checkup yesterday at my heaviest this time around. Um, uh, I had lost a little bit, bit of weight before I visited the surgeon. Uh, that was, uh, I weighed 447 pounds. I go 6'2". Right. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I... And you didn't pick a career in WWE or I, anything I, like that. I so. did not, yeah. So I'm not diabetic. Um, I... I for a 51-year-old guy with my job, I don't suffer from hypertension mm-hmm. much. Amazing. Um, I, I am, unfortunately, a bit arthritic. Um, but I found that, you know, I just I just didn't feel good. And, and when you're that big, you just, in my case, you just don't feel good. You don't breathe. You don't move. You ache. <laughs> and I love my work. And I am happy to say in the 11th year of serving as Missoula's mayor, I still love the work. And I learn something every day. And I want to have the energy to do it correctly. Um, and I've got, you know, you've got kind of a funny curve here. So I was, I was 40 when I started this job, right? And I'm not today. So I've got this graph that age is going up um, and weight was going up at the same time. And they were both dragging me down. And so long conversations. I have a great physician. Um, uh, HIPAA only works one way. And I'm happy to out him. Uh, Michael Caldwell is a great family physician. I consider him a friend. Um, and he has helped me uh, try to figure this out through diet, through exercise. We tried it all, and we finally said, let's look at an option here. Um, bariatric surgery, I suspect, is not for everyone. The, the surgery I had is uh, called a sleeve gastrectomy uh, through about six holes in my abdomen. Uh, uh Doctors uh, Brad Picard and Charlie Swanick. Um, and you had it done here in I had, town? Mm-hmm, I had okay. it done at St. Pat's. At St. Pat's, yeah. okay. Yeah, and uh, um, the docs, um, through uh, these small incisions, went in and am- amputated uh, 90% of my stomach and stitched mm. it up and uh, pulled that 90% out of a hole. And I woke up about three hours after going down uh, and uh, my stomach was mostly gone Uh, I ate a popsicle oddly enough Mm -hmm. um, because through a drain that was in my side at that time you can tell if there's a leak because the purple popsicle will start leaking (laughs) out the side of your body Um, and I didn't have a leak and the next day I was just in the hospital overnight the next day I had a uh, the next day I had a uh, um uh, uh, an x-ray uh, while drinking uh, radioactive formula just to check for leaks and there were none um, uh, in, in in what can only be um, sort of a, a victory dance for a middle aged man um, the only demand of me before I left was that I break wind um, and <laughs> hey you could do it here in the studio it's a, yeah, that's one really, of our demands yeah. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> but not until I leave before you leave. Like, <laughs> like it's even voluntary 
you for yes, me right. anymore. <laughs> um, and and we we did that. And um, the recovery, apart from I, I couldn't take uh, I couldn't take anti-inflammatory, so I was really um, I had a really difficult time getting around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, today I weigh uh, uh, two hundred and ninety-one pounds. Wow, um, and. Uh, feel pretty amazing. So what's the end strategy? What happens when you get down to your, you know, the the weight range well, that you want to be? So I will confess I will confess, you know, my my joy and biggest fear um it this is a tool like every other tool, right? right? And and um, a gifted eater can get past this thing. You can grow, right. I see you, you can got gr- that Fitbit on your. You wrist. can grow your stomach, right? Right. Um, you can drink milkshakes. You can get the calories some other way. Um, and I again have gained and lost and gained and lost. Right. And so I would, um, you know, the doc, the docs and I are talking about if I went around two fifty, that'd be a pretty healthy weight for me. Uh, I am my male model. Modeling days are over. Um, Shucks. What are you feeling? Surprising. So you're feeling good. You got good energy. Are you? Are you more? Obviously, are you more active now? Are you working I, out? I can be more active. Right. Um, I am not a big fan of winter, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I love to walk. And so, um, as, as you get out and see your constituents, yeah, you know, wander the as, we, as weather gets a little bit better, it's going hiking to be, too. Yep. Yeah. So, but you're not going to. Yeah. They're not going to. Good. Be, so not, I live in the Rattlesnake, and I have great access to our trail system. Sure. And I have dogs who like to walk. They're not going to give you the 90% back, though, right? Uh, you, you know, I had suggested we put it on eBay just to see. Just to see. You never um, know. But apparently the, there's <laughs> something about that. Does the urge to eat less, is, uh, how does it How does it change your behavior? Or, uh, meaning you have 90% you less have more time. Stomach. You don't have to be sitting around eating. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah. So, so how does it work? So oddly, um, in, in my case, and I'm told this is unusual, um, I am hungry all the time. Okay. I, and, and I, my, you know, I call it head hunger. My desire to hit the buffet has not gone away. Uh, but my ability to eat much right. is gone. So um, I eat I eat uh, I eat foods that are high in protein, high in nutrient value. Um, I eat very little in the way of carbohydrate, uh, uh, and I am I am physically uh, uh, sated. Um, Pretty quickly. Good. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, you know, the basically this my stomach is a sleeve that is an extension of my esophagus. Right. This is like a paleo diet that he's on. This kind of paleo. I guess it. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's well, they're, they're all trans. Kind of guy, yeah. So it's the right diet. So I want. Yeah. So I want thirty grams. Of, you know, I want actually I want about seventy grams of protein <laughs> a day, according to my doc. Um, part of that's a protein shake. I mean, I need to make sure that I get all the other vitamins, sure. and minerals, etc. Um, but I don't feel um, so much of, for me, so much of um, eating is habit. And, you know, I don't, as I, right. as I tell people, I, I'm, I'm really running low on vices. I quit drinking in, <laughs> in 2010. Um, I, um, I start now. you know, I was, <laughs> I was always afraid of the munchies. Um, so, right. so that's out. Yeah, right. Uh, There's nothing left for us guys. Right. except fishing right. movies and comic books. For me, it's, for me, it's, uh, 
um, for me, what's left is uh, is variations on coffee drinks. Yeah. So yeah. Or tea. I mean, it's a tea town. Dairy. So did you tea. cut dairy out? You know, I I, I can and do. Um, Eat cheese and I love it. Well, yeah. well they're good yeah, substitutes. Like so there's almond milk. There is. Oh yeah, I, d- I don't have to do that. Doctor so, Scott. So Doctor I choose Scott. Not to. Yeah. Doctor Scott here will prescribe. Yeah. You I'm not lact- I'm not lactose intolerant, and frankly, because I'm the mayor of Missoula, I'm not intolerant in any way. <laughs> That's Scott. right. No, you're a very yeah. tolerant mayor. Let me let me let me. Well, well first I want to say I appreciate you sharing that with, yeah, that's with us. A lot of people would and curious minds want to know. And now you've you've given us what we want to know. And uh, well, it's we, one of those deals. And and we want to cheer you on. And I never, you know, part of Absolutely. this is is I have, um, you know, I uh, so many people have so many challenges in this world, and the and the beauty of. The beauty and the and the and the the curse of the job is that I I see a lot of human suffering and mine uh, pales in comparison. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is what it is, um, but there are so many people who have so much going on, so much to overcome. And uh, my deal is, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a privileged person um, with uh, with a um, good salary and good insurance. Yeah, well, and, and you you know you're married of one of the top 20 cities, small towns in America by almost every poll. Every time there's a poll right. that comes out that says 20 best places to live, 20 best, you're it. People, your, your town is here. Yeah, people love the place and, and for good reason. That's true. Let me let me switch gears a little bit here yep. on you. I remember when you were a journalist, editor at the paper, you wrote a very funny column. So what happened with that? Did you think politics would be more funny, more entertaining than being a newspaper journalist? Yeah. So I often I often tell people uh, my last boss at the Missoula and I had a fundamental disagreement. Uh, I wanted to work there and he didn't want me to. Um, we had it, you know. I I, I think you can best describe, I, I think you can best describe it as um, as uh, downsizing. So I wanted to be a newspaper publisher. That was my right. You went to you went to UM for journalism. Right. Yeah, I had a degree in journalism. I worked Worked on. Um, I worked on the production side to make my way through school. Uh, when I graduated, applied for a job on the news desk. Got that. Worked on the editorial side. Had written a column for a long time. Um, there was some desperation for uh, a youthful voice, and I used to be youthful, apparently. Um, so I started writing a column for him when I was seventeen, and I continued that for a number of years. The great column um, you were here, but it's funny. And what was the What fun. was the bend? Of, what was the? Uh, it was kind of whatever, right? Um, uh, kind of like uh, the show. Yeah, why anybody would eat Luca fish or something? Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Oh, you were like the Larry King of. Oh no, I was not the Larry King of anything. <laughs> um, oddly enough, I was, um, you know, sort of, sort of a poor man's uh, Dave Barry, okay. Garrison Keeler type, Mike Royko. Yeah, Mike Royko in Missoula. Far less hard hitting, I'm yes. afraid. In fact, not hitting at all, generally speaking. But um, so I did that, um, and and then I went then I went to work on the production side of the newspaper, and you know. Know, at that at that time, the publisher's gig was really interesting. Um, it, you, you had a leadership role in the community. I think it was a um, you had some sure. staying power if you were decent at it. And you know, newspapers at that time, God, the margins were forty percent. It was, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it was uh, literally a license to print money. Um, 
but uh, there was a change in structure. It made uh, apparently no sense for me to remain in my current position. Uh, so I am, I guess, mid-30s, um, uh, making more money than I ever imagined I would make, which wasn't a great deal of money. It was like 50000 bucks, but that was good money back then, yeah. or good insurance. And um, and I was sort of given a choice to you know kind of um, move out of the position I had because um, it was uh, no longer necessary um, and sell ads. And it's not that I wasn't, I, was, I, I would have been fine doing that, but that wasn't my chosen vocation. Uh, so I resigned. Um, Moved under the bridge. Painted the house for about 18 months. And my wife suggested, yeah, get work, please. Really? <laughs> get some please. work. Um, so I... Um, I ended up doing some some freelance stuff for myself. Ended up where I worked for for Vans for a short time. They had a uh, um, at a time they, they wanted to do um, kind of an advertising and media company, mm-hmm. and I worked for them for a time, and then moved on and really just went into my own business. We called it Engen Creative, um, and I did advertising, public relations stuff. I did graphic design because I had some of those skills as a function of my work at the newspaper, which was such a great job. I loved, you know, I loved the newspaper culture. I loved the role of newspapers. Um, you know, every and time there's a movie about, you know, newspapers, spotlight or yeah, all print, right. you want to go see. I want to go see because yeah. it, it is a fascinating culture. The, the news business. It is, and I had I had really good friends. Um, at, at the newspaper, the editorial side was, you know, you you had you had cynics and lunatics and true believers and um, savants and and that was just at the coffee shop before <laughs> right. you had to work. Right. Well, you reflected right yeah. the uh, fabric of the community, right. right? I mean, and it was it was fascinating, but 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 I mean, to a person, um, there was there was a commitment to community, and I think you know that commitment to community um, that I learned both. Both as a journalism student, um, because I, I think I had a great journalism education and a great education really that prepared me for the work I do today. This is, um, you know, my work is um, I am a generalist, right? Right. I, I have to know a little about a lot and, and occasionally I have to do a deep dive um, to catch up to ensure that I'm doing my job correctly and making good decisions. But um, I learned to ask questions. I learned to be curious. Um, I learned to be Skeptical, which is different from cynical, and right. one of the things I always tell you know my staff and colleagues and constituents is that I you know, I reserve the right to be skeptical, but the day I'm cynical, I just I have to quit. You don't politicians, public servants, mayors, you don't get to be cynical because. People deserve more. Not than unless that. you're running for president in 2006. Well, that, that yeah, <laughs> That's a good segue. right, right. <laughs> yeah, let me ask you this. I, I've worked in a company town before. I worked in Middletown, Ohio, where there was Armco Steel. I worked in uh, Oxford, Ohio, where there's Miami of Ohio University. Um, how hard is it to do your job in an independent way when there's a 2,000 pound gorilla in the same feeding space when you have the University of Montana here in a town this size? <laughs> you know, I've never thought about it as a 2,000 pound gorilla. I've been described as that <laughs> myself occasionally. Um, 
You're not so, going to be able to do that for much longer. Well, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for, fortunately, I have so many flaws, Scott, that um, it, I, you know, my my self-deprecating shtick can move from fat to any of a variety of neuroses and weaknesses. Oh, so, we're all like that. Yeah, I got. Um, yeah, so I will tell you that I have a um, I enjoy a great relationship today with um, Roy Sinkstrom. He's somebody I respect and appreciate. Um, he's got you know I there's sort of this long list of um jobs that I'm glad I don't have. And I occasionally hear people say, you know, I wouldn't be mayor for all the tea in China or you trot out the cliche. I happen to love the job. I try to do it in a way that folks, pardon me, I try to do it in a way that folks, um, think that, wow, he looks like he's having fun. Maybe it would be a fun job to have. Uh, Maybe it's rewarding. Um, Royce, you know, Royce has lots of, um, well, not unlike my job. You have a lot of, you have a lot of responsibility, very little control, um, and a lot of accountability. But what what Royce and I have been able to do is figure out ways to communicate. And there are lots of ways for us to cooperate. And I think over time, um, I mean, when when University of Montana can kind of move past some of the sort of crisis management. And, right. and you know, a lot of that is, um, God love him, he's he's had sort of crisis du jour, you know, Ongoing. during during the better part yeah. of his um, his administration. But has um, I, I think the dust will settle and there will be opportunities. I think universities and cities should plan together. Um, and we've talked about transportation in in particular on that, but there, and, and we're doing support. How so? Um, uh, transit, for example, mm-hmm. parking, uh, connectivity, trails, um, uh, and so we're talking about you know there there's a ASUM has a bus system, we have a bus system. Um, where is there overlap? Where are there opportunity opportunities to cooperate? Right. You know, are we buying fuel in the in the right way? Are we buying buses in the right way? Are we adjusting routes accordingly, et cetera? Um, you know, we do parking management. They do parking management. Does it make sense that we have two agencies doing that work. Sure. Um, I think that um, housing is another critical area where we can work together. And what I'd like to do over the course of you know, 2016 is um, sort of try to address um, housing policy soup to nuts in Missoula. And that ranges from student and faculty housing to senior housing mm-hmm. to low, low income housing to uh, uh, housing for folks who um, are never going to get fixed by uh, addiction treatment. I mean, I believe that we continue to have a responsibility to folks. Um, and in fact, what I'm going to propose to the Missoula City Council is that uh, the city of Missoula adopt a resolution of policy um, stating that it is, it is a basic human right for folks to have safe, decent shelter in Missoula, Montana. And that matters not whether you got a plug nickel in your pocket and you're right. high as a kite or you're a gajillionaire. Um, so I can move into your house pretty soon now and you, become residents? Anytime, Arnie. <laughs> anytime. Um, there's always an extra bedroom for you. And an arm guard. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, 
so, uh, but 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 universities and and communities can work together on those issues as well. We've done really well working together. You know, the sexual assault stuff that we worked through together. Sure. Um, that was um, that was certainly painful. But I believe that the city of Missoula and our police department is um, uh, we are a we are a better place for um, for women and other victims of or potential victims of sexual assault. Um, we um, are a better police department because we treat victims uh, with uh, uh, greater respect. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in a better position through our training to solve crimes, to bring perpetrators to justice. Um, and I think that um, that translates into good work that's been done on the part of the university um, with regard to its public safety personnel, its policies and practices, its um, its education of students, faculty, and staff. Um, so there are lots of ways to work together. What do you think we could do better? Right? What could we do better as a community to make it even a safer community? With regard to public safety, um, you know, we are we are blessed. Um, and again, I've I've had I've had the experience of um, managing. Um, uh, a police force with uh, three chiefs. Uh, I have um, I have uh, dealt with um, difficult situations with officers who um, uh, in one case we had an officer who ended up in federal prison. Uh, we've had some disciplinary problems. Um, and certainly we had the sexual assault issue, but I, I tell you that, um, to a person we have, um, at last count, I believe we had 103 sworn officers Mm. at the Missoula police department. And to a person, those women and men get up every day, uh, committed to serving their community. Um, and, uh, I have a responsibility to ensure that those folks are uh, accountable, but they largely make it easy and we, properly resourced. Yeah, and and we don't have. I mean, we don't have. <clears throat> we don't have a police force. Um, we we train well. Mm-hmm. We train relentlessly. Um, it is an extraordinarily difficult job, I'm and, sure. and it gets more difficult, particularly in a college town. It, Come on, you got a disproportionate number well, of people. Well, in a town people. of transient, well, yeah. you're on I ninety here. It, There's it so gets, much coming in and out. It's here, very I mean. tough, and it just it, it gets increasing. It gets increasingly difficult. So here, you know. So here's what here's what. Um, most citizens and I don't pretend to be a police officer and I I will never be in a position to cross the thin blue line right but I work closely enough with these men and women to understand that they see things on a semi-regular basis that you and I never want to see in our lives we see they see they see Kids who are abused and uh, misused and domestic dispute. They see they see the ugly. They see the ugliest parts of right. who we are as a society. Um, they see it relentlessly, um, and they swore they swore to they swore an oath to figure it out, right, and to do their jobs. And it's really tough. And um, there are folks though who are cut out for it. There are folks who can make careers of it. There are folks who can maintain their um, 
composure and professionalism and enthusiasm for the work over time. Mm -hmm. And we have lots of them and they are really admirable. Um, We have a great police chief who is open and thoughtful. Uh, We just had another conversation just this morning. We're always talking about how we deploy resources. We're always talking about um, what needs to happen in terms of staffing, what needs to happen in terms of um, uh, addressing sort of broader issues. We have trends that sort of come and go. Um, There's a bunch of meth around again. Right. Um, and so we're dealing with that. Right. And you what, might see some trends. I mean, heroin's popular in some hero, states. Yeah, right. Heroin, heroin's big in Missoula. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort shocking. of surprising. And, yeah. and, and, Description and, and the consequences of that stuff are the consequences of that play out in the community. And again, we tend to be in our bubbles, right? Right. Um, and, and so some of it goes, some of it go sort of missed or ignored um, our, our folks don't get to do that so we're paying attention they're seeing ugly stuff they also get to do some fun stuff but um, it's tough work yeah so let me we're in the even though it seems like it's been going on for years now with the beginning of the campaign for the leadership of the free world the first primary is coming up very shortly you know in this campaign in my eyes and i've been around politics longer than you have although not in elected capacity you know the campaign has deteriorated into a crusade where, to me, facts and thoughtfulness are demonized, right? Yeah. And crudeness and mean-spirited attacks are glamorized. What's your take on all this? Well, I, I, you know, I agree with you. Um, and, you know, it, it's... I, 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 frankly, I'm not sure how you. I'm not sure how you turn the tide today at the national level. Um, but it also filters down. You're going to see it filter down to the governor's race in the state. Yep. We've already yeah. heard it. It's going to filter in the congressional races. Yeah. It's clearly yeah. the mantra now of the of the political realm to get crude, you know, ugly, mm-hmm. mean spirited as a way of conducting politics. It is and and substance and dialogue and thoughtfulness right. is, uh. is 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 not only a shoe. It's almost looked down on. Secondary. Like. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and so, so thank heavens, we, <laughs> we still have local politics. And, and, you know, my friend Pat Williams, you know, often says all politics are local. You know, you're on the front lines. Um, there's a lot of truth to that. So I've run for mayor three times. Um, the first time we had a, we had quite a primary field. Um, uh, a lot of interesting folks. Um, it never, uh, um, it never got ugly. Um, second time I ran unopposed, right? Really wasn't ugly. Um, I criticized myself a bit, but um, uh, you know, threw some mud at myself. Uh, but no, it wasn't ugly. Um, last time I ran, uh, had four opponents, three or four opponents. Um, People in Missoula have an expectation that you talk about issues and stuff that matters to them. Substantive, right. Yep. And um, and when you veer off, I mean, when you veer from that, it it sounds goofy um, and and doesn't make a whole great deal of sense. But it's it's you know you get to these higher levels where you're the, the more you the more removed you are from your constituency, I think the, the, the more potential for that kind of ugliness. But you look at um, you you look at my friend Steve Bullock, um, who recognizes this issue. 
at the state level. And I think a lot of folks at the state level recognize it. And I'm hoping we'll start to see a little bit of a change. And clearly the money that's involved in politics is, um, is I mean, that it's what makes you loud, right? Sure. The more the more you got, the louder you are. Well, they're going to spend billions on the president. Right. It's, it's unconscionable well, when you really think about it. Oh, absolutely. So, so let me ask you this. Right. Someday you won't be mayor. Right. Someday you won't be mayor. Hopefully it's not because some, some, of, some have suggested tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, someday. Right. You know, and and when the time comes, you have aspirations for higher office. I mean, you got to look at some of the candidates that are running out there for Congress, Senate, governor, even for president. And you have to say to yourself, right, in a, the little voice inside. How hard it could it be to do a better job than that? Well, the, yeah, the little voice inside is um, well, you got to watch out. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the the reason I the reason I ran for mayor, the reason I have continued to run for mayor, and the reason I get up in the morning and do this job is because fundamentally, I have a chance every day to make a life better. My job as mayor of the city of Missoula is to make lives better. Um, I don't make all of them better every day. Um, I um, some some people get um, get hurt in the process um, in ways that I may not anticipate. Um, but I'm doing my best every day to move a community forward in a way that makes it safer, better, cleaner, more prosperous, healthier every day. And and that's whether you sleep on a sidewalk or on a king-size bed in a mansion. Um, and at the local level, as mayor of the city of Missoula, I get to do that stuff. Um, it's I think it would be enormously challenging, and I respect the people who do it. Um, I think it would be enormously challenging to be a United States congressman. Right. I think it would be enormously challenging to be a United States senator. We have people who do it, and um, there are some of them I love and admire and have supported over the years. Um, but in terms of being able to see a net effect on your community, in terms of being able to work with exceptional people in a place that is beloved by many, um, you can't beat being the mayor of Missoula, right. Montana. So when we talk about higher office, um, to me, we talk the about... The upside down, yeah, right? You think the higher yeah. office is being mayor. To, to me, we're talking about different office. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm glad folks want to. I want to ask work. John who he's uh, who's he who's he supporting? He's, he he supported Obama in 2008. And, and Obama came here and that and was 12 a, and 12, and 12 was, it got, was amazing. All right, so we have Hillary, I owe Bernie, Hillary. and O'Malley. I owe Hillary. Okay, it's Hillary. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What happened to O'Malley? No. Yeah. <laughs> who? Who? Well, Schweitzer I mean, said he supported O'Malley, and he said. You don't always have to support the person that wins. That's what Brian <laughs> he did say. Well, that's yeah, right. He did. he did say that. My my first presidential election, I voted for Walter Mondale. So, that's what right. do you think, Bernie Sanders? Well, Where's Sanders? the beef? You remember that? That was the best line he had in that uh, campaign. I'd like to know what you think of Bernie Sanders, though, and kind of his strategy and how he's been building that. You know, I uh, there's some similarities. There, there are. I mean, this 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 sort of grassroots notion. I mean, so what happens? What happens is cynicism. Right. And, and we're back to that notion of skepticism versus cynicism. And um, there, there I think there has been sort of too much. Um, 
there's been too much deception um, and uh, corruption and um, and goofy rhetoric. Um, people want something different, right? right? That's why you got Trump. Right. Right. So you're yeah. going to get something he's, different he's, with him. He's different. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, you know, uh, you know I, 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 while I certainly support um, Hillary Clinton, she is absolutely the establishment candidate on, right. on my side of the ticket. Um, and and there are lots of people who um, on either side of the aisle and that aisle is as weird and as broad as it's ever been um, who think establishment represents status quo and they don't want it. Right. They right. don't want it. That's true. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, right? Because Bernie's changing the dial, the conversation really and the whole landscape but you that's know. only through the end of the primary season. But when that primary season's over, you're going to see both candidates, whoever they are on both sides of the aisle, go back to the bread and butter kind of rhetoric that, that the think? party stands for. Yes, I like the idea of what he's he's mobilizing sure. A, sure. A, 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 this group of people that otherwise would not get out. And it remains. It, let's see what happens. Right. But. He's mobilizing a group well, of people see that what aren't part of the process. But it is likely it's going to be Hillary Clinton versus probably somebody other than Donald Trump. I just don't see Trump making his way through the whole process. Certainly my hope. Yeah, well, you know, but you, I, I in fact, uh, I was mentioning to the mayor before the show, I, uh, I started using the word Trumpery to describe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Donald's behavior. And by the way, he's being savaged by his own party more than even the Democrats. Democrats don't have to say much. <laughs> you just have to listen to what Rubio and, oh, uh, yeah. and uh, Cruz and Jeb have to say about him. So I thought that was sort of a made-up word because I don't have the kind of vocabulary that you have. But I went and looked it up in the Webster's and Oxford Dictionary, and there is such a word as trumpery. And the definition is the practice or beliefs that are superficial or visually appealing but have little real value or worth. Show, showy but worthless, deceitful, baloney as a synonym for it. It's a perfect way to kind of describe the candidate. And uh, if you probably told him this and gave him the definition, he would uh, say thank you. I think you're right. But, you know, I learn something every day in this racket. Trumpery is the it's word a new of the day. One. It's a new word, and, it's a, and, and we're moving forward with it. You've already talked a little bit about what you like about the job, and it, it's clear in your voice and your passion and your enthusiasm. There's a lot to like. What don't you like? Uh, I don't like when um, I don't like when you gotta pe- come on this radio show. And put oh, up with yeah, us. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> actually been fun. Um, I don't like it when people in my community suffer and um, uh, the sexual assault stuff was difficult. And knowing that it still goes on is difficult. Knowing that um, knowing that there are hungry bellies out there, knowing that there are folks sleeping in the cold, knowing that there are people who are um, addicted and mentally ill and don't have access to what they need and not having not having figured out a way to crack that case is frustrating for me and I would like to do more. Um, I, 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 I don't like misinformation. Um, you know, like it, being set up. Sometimes that happens. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the things that happens, for better or worse, is um, we um, 
we um, be, be, because information is omnipresent and instantaneous, um, bad information can be omnipresent mm. and instantaneous. And it's really hard to put a genie back in the bottle sometimes. Um, when well, there are a lot it, of people out there when there's articles in The Onion or Andy Borowitz, they believe it's true. Right. They right. don't even understand satire. satire. Right. right. They, don't, they don't question right. satire. Thankfully, the news cycle is much shorter, right? The things yeah, dissipate right. a lot quicker. Right. You know, and sometimes... It's about the attention span. Well, right. but the old messages are hard to erase. I mean, for example, they are going to take the folks who have been critical of Planned Parenthood have been indicted by a grand jury. Right. And it's clear that, they, you know, what they were doing was, you know, illegal and misleading. Right. But it so far hasn't changed anybody's opinion and who the against right. Planned Parenthood and the spin. They keep on, you know, sprouting information that's not accurate and not true. I have, I have a, one quick question. Yep. When people talk about bringing business, new business to Missoula, and is Missoula a magnet um, from an infrastructure standpoint, from a tax standpoint, from a, just a, a, a general, like... Can we bring the oracles to Missoula? Uh, I, I, How do you answer that? Yeah, so I, I, I think, I think the potential for that is there. I think, I think, I think Oracle, um, Oracle needs a whole, whole big pile of human beings who don't live here. Um, right. I, I think we'd have to be a bigger community for that, um, that, that sort of uh, business. But um, great places to live are great places to do business. Right. And. We work relentlessly to make this a great place to live and to attract the right kinds of business. And based on what I'm seeing sort of in the certainly in the commercial sector over time, um, particularly in the last two years, uh, um, what I hear from my folks at the Economic <laughs> Partnership, what um, what we believe just in general terms um, we're doing to ensure that we have high quality infrastructure um, and Infrastructure just isn't. It, it, I mean, it's not just um, it's not just streets and and um, pipes anymore. It's no. it's it's green infrastructure, right? It's it's trails and right. uh, and recreational amenities and parks and schools. And we work pretty consistently as a community on all of those parts. Um, and uh, and I think it starts to show. What happens is you look at the coasts. Um, um, and um, this notion, I, I, I can't remember the author's name, but he wrote a book, The Third Coast, right? right. Um, we are a market that is being discovered for um, yes. all sorts of reasons. Um, it's a, it is a great place to live, but it's also, Missoula offers city amenities in a small community. You, you, you can see a world-class performance at the University of Montana, but you don't have to pay a world-class price, wait in a world-class line, face right. world, face uh, metro traffic, um, and um, you can take it all in and then still walk down the street the next day and say hi to your neighbor. Yeah. So one last question for yep. you. Your first campaign slogan was Think Big. It was indeed. I thought it was one of the great slogans of all time in yes. politics. IBM. You can't use that one anymore for a number of reasons. Think, one is right. because you're half a mayor now. You're half-size mayor. You can't use that. Do you have a slogan you're thinking about for the next time you're going to run? Uh, you know, so my so my last, that was my city council campaign yeah. slogan. Uh, my first mayoral campaign was uh, working together. Uh, last time was... Um, our Missoula, your mayor. Um, 
Next time, I need to run again in 2017. Right. Uh, Not that far off. Uh, maybe maybe it'll be It's the Water. It's the, a lot it's more. the Water. <laughs> you can drink the water. How about that? Right. Yeah, it's As right. opposed to Flint and right. some other places Yeah, now. God love them. That's tough. Oh, God. Mayor Engen, it's been a pleasure. Time pleasure goes fast when thank we're, you. Uh, Mayor, when we're talking delightful. with you. Yeah, thank you. It has been a delight to speak to you. Hey, Scott, one thing before we, uh, before we sign off with our uh, listeners. Next yes, week Arnie. is Super Bowl Sunday. I know. Our show will be on Super Bowl. Where are we Sunday. watching the Super Bowl? Where are you watching the Super Bowl? Well, it won't be him, unfortunately. <laughs> the ticket prices are a little steep. But we have a great guest next week coming to join us. We have uh, a Grizz favorite, Grizz, uh, you know, Grizz right. All-American, Mark Mariani, nice. will be joining us on the show. For those of you that almost all of our listeners know who Mark is, but for those that don't, he was All-American here at the University of Montana. He went on to uh, play for the Tennessee Titans and, and uh, ended up being a pro bowler. This past uh, two seasons, he's been with the Chicago Bears Played as a wide receiver. And we're going to have on him on talking about his Super Bowl predictions, life in the NFL, and uh, you know other insider uh, information as our, uh, as our guest for the 50th Super Bowl next Sunday. I can't wait. Great guest. I mean, you are just a fountain of great guests, well, Mayor John Angus, Mark to beat Mariani. John. It's hard to beat his. Honor. I know, but I love that. I think it's great. It's great for our community. No. Again, John, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, you've been delightful. Pleasure, thank gentlemen. you, Mayor. Thank you. All right, you listening to What Do You Know on KGVO? We'll see you again next week with Mark Mariani. Thank you for listening to What Do You Know. I can't wait for the next show, Scott. I'm excited too, Arnie. If you'd like to suggest a guest, send me an email at scottrichman at townsquaremedia.com. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to News Talk KGVO. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.